North Melbourne now with Horn Francis. Here he is. The young man. The gun. Goes to Eugle Hagen, who puts all his skill on display. Pick one of the NAB AFL draft. On the sporting capital, welcome to Future Stars. Uh, yes, indeed. Welcome to Future Stars, where we shine a light on the players that are trying to get themselves ready for the draft. In the process, we help you get ready for the draft. We're going to teach you more about who these players are. We're going to teach you more about what the recruiters look for, the managers, like the good man sitting across from me, Liam Pickering, and the whole process that goes into finding the diamonds in the rough, the next crop of stars for the AFL. Uh, we do it all for Bravo Management. Liam Pickering, hello, mate. Hello, Sammy, and hello to everybody having a listen this evening. It's uh, yeah, a big weekend of footy again. I mean, the kids have gone back from, the young ones have now gone back from NAB League for a few weeks. There's the odd smattering of games coming up, but... Majority of them are back playing school footy, uh, but there was a Young Guns game on the weekend uh, up against the Metro team at Werribee. Uh, AFL.com's Cal Toomey is going to join us. Now, he is the, the foremost authority from the AFL media ranks on uh, all of these players that are coming through the under-18 ranks and, and Sandful and, and Waffle. So he is right across it all. Looking forward to having a chat to Calculating Cal Toomey. Just, we, we spoke about this last week, about the decision now with the restructure of the NAB League to have this hiatus. We spoke about how strong that the waffle and the sample has been with their development pathway. Where do you sit on the hiatus? Oh, I think it's ridiculous, yeah. my personal view. I mean, I just don't understand why these young players have missed so much football for two years that, you know, unless you're at a private school, you're going away from a traditional strong program, which the NAB League is, mm. you're weakening that program as it is going forward because there's going to be a lot of players unavailable because of school football duties, you know, duties, I should say. But why have a break? Why have three or four-week break or whatever it may be? So to me, it doesn't make any sense. We want to be showcasing these kids all the time. What, what about for the, for the country? So for like uh, the Rebels and the Pioneers and the Bush Rangers, they would all go back, and, and if you were giving advice, is their best bet to play under-18s footy? Is it best to go and try and play senior footy against men? Is it, it depends where they are. It's a big gamble, yeah, isn't it, to put, send them out into the unknown with no real measure of or, or control over what happens to them. Yeah, look, there are a number of the uh, private schools in Melbourne that have got these these young blokes on scholarships, yep. so they'll continue to play at that level, you yep. know, AP, uh, APS or AGS or whatever it may be. Um, but there are a lot of them that just go back and play local footy. You know, there'll be kids that'll go back and play for Sunbury. There'll be kids yep. that'll go back and play for Stall, as an example. So, yeah, senior footy is always, in my view, it's always a good thing. If you're an 18-year-old mm. kid and there's an opportunity to play some senior footy and play against men, uh, I think that's a really, you know, I think that's a bonus in your football. I think that really helps toughen you up. Um, with the interstate, you know, obviously the interstate players, the South Australians and the Western Australians, they're just playing on. Yeah, they're not playing on. They're not a break. They're playing in their Colts or they're yep. playing in their senior level at, if they're going well. So... There are a number of these players this year's drafts that's coming up that are playing senior footy in South Australia. So I'm sure there are benefits to the to the in in, in a country football term, but it, it, it's hard to find the benefits for the progression of these young players. It'd be good to bring in our, our special guest uh, into this conversation and into the mix, and we'll dig a little bit deeper on his role and uh, and players that he's keeping an eye on leading in to the draft throughout this year. Cal Toomey, AFL.com.au. Hello, mate. Hello, Sam. Hello, Pickers. Good to have you on, uh, old mate, Kel. Uh, it's an interesting time. I'd like to know what your take is on this. We had this hiatus last year for a month, and COVID just absolutely decimated the last two seasons in Victoria. But given that we've got a full run at it this year, I don't personally see the understand. I don't understand why we're having a, a break now um, and going back to local footy. 
Yeah, it's it's a it's a it's a little bit different as a schedule, isn't it? And you'd have to say that the feedback from clubs has probably been more that they'd like to see the players keep on keeping on at the same level in the NAB League and and certainly as you say, because I think I just heard you talking about the different competitions around Australia that have just pressed on throughout. So it's a little bit of a different structure this year. We'll see the under eighteen championships a bit deeper into the season in July. So that should allow the players to at least pick up a, a form line after they get back and, and get a fair lead into that. So there is a little bit of time up the sleeve now, but I think, you know, speaking to the players and the prospects out there, there's no doubt they want a bit of continuity because this year's draft pick, is, as you know, is basically the most unseen draft class we've probably ever seen, if that makes sense. Mm. You know, they, they missed out their under-16s year in 2020. Uh, as we know, the COVID wipeout. And last year, most of them, particularly obviously in Victoria, barely played. There was a game or two here and there, but we didn't really get much of a look at them. And you speak to recruiters around how that affects uh, the the standing of a draft crop. And there's different developmental sort of targets that are reached in the 16th and 17th year that we just haven't been able to be across. So uh, the more footy, the better. And certainly uh, the players are pretty ready for it. So I think they'll be pretty ready by the time that this little recess ends. Last weekend, there was a Young Guns game. So, uh, yeah, which was the Young Guns, which are the overage kids. You can explain this probably better than I can to the listening audience. But the Young Guns versus Metro. And this week, we've got the Young Guns versus, which I assume isn't the exact same players running around, up against the country team. Yeah, that's right. And Young Guns has been in the past maybe some under-23s. This year, it was probably more the 19 and 20-year-olds who've missed out on the draft over the past couple of years coming up against Vic Metro's under-18 side. It was a, a strip back to Metro under-18 side. A fair few players obviously playing at school level now in Victoria, so weren't eligible to play or weren't available to play in that game. But the Young Guns game was basically a, a primer for the mid-season draft next month, which happens on June 1, at, uh, at Wednesday, June 1, which we'll see uh, a selection of players taken at the mid-season draft. And this was a game that basically showed the clubs some of the talents available in that. And there were some standouts across that game. And uh, Jai Cully was the main one there, figures who um, really put his name forward as a potential early pick. 22 touches, four goals in a performance mm. that established him as a real talent in this year's group for the mid-season draft. And 193 centimetres as a midfielder who kicks goals. It ticks a few boxes and he's got a fair few clubs looking at him. So he's certainly one that will be in that mix. Uh, uh, Max Ramsden as well has had a great start to the season as a 202-centimetre ruckman, who I know you know well, Liam. Um, 16 disposals and 13 hitouts. He's a player who last year nominated for the, the national draft, didn't get taken, but that makes him eligible for the mid-season draft. And he's the Jacob Edwards story of 2022. Now, the clubs have all been across him really early in this year's draft season. He played for the Sandrown Dragons in round one against the Oakley Chargers, had a bit of the ball there. He's the greatest quality. You can probably fill us in a little bit more figures. He's able to get around the ground, isn't he? He can run a two-kilometer time trial in six minutes and four seconds. Now, that's beating Matt Rowell time. So <laughs> he's a guy, a big guy who can move, and he can find the footy around the ground as well. So those are two names who played in the Young Guns on the weekend who are certainly, well, I think they're the mid-season certainties uh, heading into the draft in about a month's time. So just tell us a little bit more about, I know a fair bit about Maxie Ramson, of course. As you know, his uncle was, a, you know, I mentioned him last week because he's with us, but... He was uh, his uncle was a legend of the of the amateurs here in Victoria, and 
and he is a really mobile, as you said, you know, and that's what's attracting at the moment, the fact that he's he's really raw, but he's also a great athlete, and he's 202, 203 centimetres. So that's a big tick. Tell us about this Cully. You know, for people, why, why wasn't he drafted? You, you say, oh, he's, okay, he was overlooked last year. He's kicked four as a 193-centimetre midfielder. Tell us what happened last year. Well, he just wasn't too far on the radar. Like, he nominated for the draft, but I don't think he really ever captured the attention of clubs and recruiters that wanted to probably see a little bit more of him at the NAB League level. But mm-hmm. as we know, they just didn't play too much NAB League. So this is where the system can spit out a few good players the year after. And maybe that, that's the, maybe the one of the very, very few silver linings of the COVID sort of interruptions last year is the guys who weren't quite ready last year have had another summer to prepare. have had another summer to build on their game had another pre-season to make sure that their deficiencies last year. And there was maybe a, a, a little bit of a knock on his, I don't know, his running and, and sort of getting around the ground. As, as, and, and there's always that question when you're 193 centimetres, what are you? Are you a tall forward who's not quite tall enough in the next level? Are you a midfielder who's a little bit taller than usual? So clubs are still getting their heads around that. Now, they've overlooked him last year, given him another chance this year at the Dandenong Stingrays program in the NAB League, and he's been far too good at that level across this year, then he goes and plays another game uh, for the Young Guns and dominates. So I know a lot of recruiters left uh, Werribee last Saturday talking about Jai Kelly and, and locking him in as a mid-season pick-up. And that's a, that's a good performance. I mean, this is what the mid-season draft is there for in a lot of ways, these guys to, to come in and, and for someone to find some gold. So he's been a star across the start of the NAB League season and he, he will deserve his shot if he gets it. The, the Young Guns game, which really came into fashion, I reckon, five years ago. It was back end of the year for the national draft, I reckon. For memory, I'm just going back. I remember a game at Port Melbourne. Tell us some of the of the success stories. I reckon Tom Papley was in one of these where he'd been overlooked, wasn't on any radars, and all of a sudden played in that game and away he went. Yeah, he's, I mean, Tom Papley in himself is a great story, isn't he? As an overager who got missed out on his original draft, he came back as a, an overager for the Gippsland Power and uh, dominated uh, at Pack Cup level or NAB League level and then went on to be a rookie pick for the Swans and I think a year later was playing in a grand final. We know the story since then. Even one of um, you know guys who obviously you've got a close relationship with in the Dunkley family, Cole Dunkley, you know, it was his performance in a Young Guns game you know, several years ago that probably put him on the map finally for that, that mid-season draft spot a couple of years ago, wasn't it? Because mm. um, before Melbourne took him uh, and obviously he went on to play some good games um, at AFL level that year. So it is a viable and, and valuable um, option for clubs to look at these guys as a group because recruiting departments are so stretched at the moment and they've obviously felt the cuts of the 2020 soft cap cut where you know recruiting teams are down to often two or three people um, in terms of their recruiting network and then a list manager alongside that as well. So to get these guys all in one spot as mature ages and, and give them a, a good vehicle to play together, uh, I think is a, a system that works. And this weekend, as you say, we'll, we'll see another game as well and, and hopefully get some more insight into the potential mid-season pickups. We're speaking to AFL.com's Cal Toomey on Future Stars for Bravo Management. Cal, just with your role, uh, I'd imagine there's a lot of Ks clocked up uh, on whatever automobile you're driving, a lot like a recruiter, because you have got a, such an important role when it comes to helping People, fans of clubs, followers of the game, you're, you're almost the person that introduces these guys to them in, in what you write and what you report on. So I think there'd be a lot of people that'd be fascinated to, to understand how you execute that 
um, and, and how you do your job in finding out about these guys, who to cover, where to go, um, how do you find them, all of that. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a part of the job I love, getting to, to know the next draft crop coming up. And, and as you say, Sam, um, introducing the names to the footy public, there's always... And the thing about the draft that I love most, I think, from my perspective, is there's always a set of new stories. And every kid who gets drafted, every player who gets drafted has come from somewhere with some story that hasn't been told yet. And that's the exciting part about covering the draft, that you never know who's going to pop up at a game you go to. It could be someone who absolutely blows the lights out and you think, gee, this is going to be a superstar for the next 10 years. Or it could be someone who... You know, I remember speaking of Tom Papley because I remember being at um, Optus Oval or Busy Park or Icon Park, whatever it was called, and, <laughs> and he had a shot after the siren to, to win the game for Gippsland Power and he only needed to score and he kicked it out on the full <laughs> and they lost. So, so it, it just little moments like that pop up into your mind and, and, and stick with you. And um, yeah, in terms of my role at the start of the year, I try and get to as many NAB League games as I can, particularly given the season as it's structured, as we were speaking before, all the players are together for the first month or so before school footy breaks them up. So um, trying to be as cross as many of those guys coming through as I can. And then in the last couple of weeks, I've been going to a few more school games to have a closer eye on, on some of the really top-end players and get as much information on them as I can. And obviously get a, a, a really good steer from recruiters as well, the type of games I should be going to and the players should be keeping an eye out for and, We'll travel around a little bit more the country uh, when the championships roll around in July to get a better insight into SA and WA and the other states. But obviously, uh, there's that has been an improvement via the, the COVID situation. The actual live streaming of games makes it possible and, and plausible for anyone who's got an interest in the draft to, to keep an eye on these players. But I do um, really enjoy sort of introducing the next group of players every year. And it's funny watching them a year on and this time last year, you know, we're writing stories about Joshua Shelley and, he, and his goal celebrations and how he wanted to be a forward pocket for the Stars and, and he liked the Blues and he'd been training at Carlton and he'd been all this type of thing. And then a year on, he's doing everything he said he'd do and, and more. So it's always fun to look back and, and get a glimpse of what they were and what they become. We're talking about the, the mid-year draft and it's not far away. Like, I mean, we've only got a, what, less than three weeks. Mm. So before that draft's on... Um, at the moment, there's five teams that have got picks. I mean, what are you hearing? I, I'm hearing that there'll be a lot more come uh, come June June the 1st. At the moment, it's Carlton, Fremantle, Geelong, Hawthorne and Sydney have got a pick each. What are you hearing? Yeah, the, those ones are locked in. I'm like you. I'm hearing there'll be a few more. Gold Coast can open a position for Ben King. The only way to open positions is to have a player either retire, like uh, they had at Richmond last week with Josh Caddy. So that yeah. opened up a position for them in the mid-season draft. And, of course, the Tigers did that famously a couple of years ago when they opened up a position in 2019 when Sean Grigg retired and Marlon Pickett came on board and played in the flag four months later. So that's probably the ultimate mid-season draft story. There'll be some other clubs as well that open up picks. So St Kilda have the option of two spots with Mick Caulfield and Jack Hayes uh, going on the long-term injury list. So they can do that with their list. Adelaide can open up a spot for Rory Sloan. They might also open up one for... Paul Seedsman as well is obviously doubt on when he can come back from his ongoing concussion issues. Uh, Collingwood will have a spot, at least one spot available, given Nathan Kruger is going to miss uh, the rest of the year with his shoulder injury. And you'd expect over the next three rounds as well that some more picks will open up and, and create some more movement in the mid-season space. So at the moment, there's 
there's the five spots that are locked in for the mid-season draft and then probably six or seven that are in play, which gets us to, you know, 11 or 12 spots. And you'd suggest that over the next three weeks, we might also see another handful of spots open up. Last year, there was one out of the box. There was 22 players selected in the mid-year draft. Seven of those were Ruckman. Uh, was a, that was a bit of a COVID fallout there because we know so many players didn't play in 2020. So they probably would have been taken had they actually been out there on the park. They were sight unseen, so they got through to mid-season draft the following year, and that was probably a bit of a, a boom in selections there. I don't think we'll get to 22 this year, but we might get a couple more than the original year a couple of years ago when it was re-established. I think there was 13 or 14 in, in that season in 2019. So, yeah, it's, uh, I'm hoping for a couple more because we obviously love the names popping up, and the more, the better to talk about and, and clubs to re-energise their list. We, it's always... Because what we can almost write how the, the story flow will go, Cal, is that you have the mid-season draft and then the players will be selected and then how the clubs use them will then be scrutinised within an inch of its life and then the question will come, well, are they topping up a list or are they just getting an extra draft are pick? They so are they stockpiling? Are they stockpiling for next year? I don't have a problem with either. Um, how, Given that you're able to straddle both sides of the world, you've got the connections to the, the under-18s and the state levels and you report on AFL as well. What what's your impression of how the mid-season draft is actually used, and do you have an issue with it either way, depending on how clubs go about it? It's funny you talk about that. It will be interesting to see if, if there's any changes, you know, going forward around um, warehousing of players, so that the 19-year-olds, the, the, the taller types, the Jacob Edwards or the the Ned Moyles or this year the Max Ramsden types, if if there's any issue with the warehousing of players versus the immediate help of players, whereas that's the, the mature age Ruckman or the Marlon Pickett, even the John Newcomb last year, a lot of controversy around the John Newcomb selection, but all in all, he was a player who was ready to go out of the VFL. Mm. Now, not everyone's going to be like that. So whether there's some, I mean, some clubs would say it should just be for players who are 22 plus and the players who are 19 and 20 who've just missed out on a draft or two can go back in the net end of year national draft or rookie draft and be selected then and and you keep the mid-season draft for, you know, you know your SOS pick, I guess. You know, if you're really missing out on a Ruckman or a small forward, there's some central piece to your, to your list that you need a little bit of help with right there and then that you can help for an immediate injection of help. Or you keep it as an extra reward for the teams who are ordinary. You know, North Melbourne last year, that was... That was a benefit of being on the bottom of the ladder. It was a, it was a dual hit, wasn't it? You not only get the end of the year number one pick in Jason Horn francis you pick up Jacob Edwards, who would have been a top 15 pick or so come the end of the, the year draft. So I see it both sides, and, and I don't mind it being remained at is, but I also see that it would be okay if it was more a mature age draft and you kept the, you kept your young talent for the end of the year as well because they're going to pick up a, a chance then too. And that's where you don't want to see too many situations where Cody Hurst, for instance, yeah, uh, a young Swans, Swans player yeah. from 2019 who he got drafted mid-year and unfortunately didn't sort of make the grade really quickly and then he was out of the system, you know, four or five months later without another opportunity. So would that have been different if he'd been taken on a two-year deal in the national draft later in the year? That's something that clubs and, and managers and players themselves will always have to weigh up. Uh, it's fascinating insight, Cal, and we really appreciate you jumping on to provide it to us uh, on Future Stars, thanks to Bravo Management. Um, we will speak to you again throughout the course of the year as we keep trying to shine a light on the process and just how in-depth it is getting these young players ready to roll and into the system. Mate, we'll speak to you soon. 
Anytime, Sam. See you, Piggers. Thanks, Cal. Cal Toomey, AFL.com.au on Future Stars uh, for Bravo Management Picks. Just wanted to talk about that just for people that are thinking, oh, what is this mid-season draft? What's it all about? Well, basically, mm. it's a rookie contract. You're talking the middle of the year. You're going to have a situation where someone calls your name out, you got to automatically get paid $50,000. Normally, they will extend if it's a younger sort of player, like a developing type player. Uh, yeah, you'd extend by another year and you'd have another year at the, at the rookie money. If you do get tipped out at the end of the year, then the clubs have to pay another twenty grand on top of that. So basically, if you're calling out Sam Hargraves from Bendigo Reserves, you put him on your list, you <laughs> get paid, you'll get a minimum 50 grand, and when we wrestle you at the end of the year, you're going to get another 20. So it's 70 grand. It's better than doing nightly radio. Uh, this has been brilliant. Another fantastic edition of uh, Future Stars for Bravo Management Pickers. We'll speak to you again next week. Good on you, Sammy. And we'll speak to you again next week on Future Stars.